you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello and welcome to the Friday Fun Show. Working title, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Zessler from their homes. Week three is upon us, and this is your your dive into that. I call it a wobbly spiral. Greg thinks it's tight as hell. I mean, this song is tight as hell. And uh, I think Wait Friday second, Fun you Show. It, you called it Weak Mill last week. Well, that's just like giving Meek Mill some credit that um, uh, a man in the sound <laughs> library of the NFL is not going to match him. But it, it very much sounds like, uh, what is that song with Drake? Anyways, uh, the Friday nice, Fun Show, I think the name is stuck. I think this is it. God's Plan? Is that what you're thinking of? No. Whatever. What's up, Mark? I don't, I'm, I don't appreciate Greg um, slamming like our generic music library that we're doing the best we can with what's offered to us um, in an outside trademark world. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Friday Fun Show presented by no one is about to get rolling here. We have a live, live audience coming to you 10 a.m., here in Los Angeles, 1 p.m. New York, 6 p.m. London. And it is very, very, very exciting to have you guys with us. And we're going to have that as part of the show, as you know, the Friday Fun Show, working title, uh, live listener feedback throughout the proceedings. That's where Gravedigger comes in, Eric Roberts, all the team behind the scenes, um, connecting us with the listeners. We're going to have our week three MVP predictions. And by the way, it's time to get one of these right, guys. Hero of the week. Hero Hero. of the week. It's not MVP. I mean, I don't think of it as MVP. But Dan, to your point, the the two that I picked in week one and week two have not just only been off the mark. They have been like nuclear fallout disasters. So I I hear what you're saying. But that's like that's like Greg going on one of his uh, Twitter rants about like, oh, you know, now that we see how bad all the Panthers quarterbacks have been, isn't Teddy Bridgewater great when the bar is that low? Anything looks good. So you can only go up from here. 
I hope so. It, it literally could not get worse. So My point is what so. a terrible personnel decisions <clears throat> they've made. If they had Teddy Bridgewater the last two years with that defense, they would have won seven or eight games. They were, average, Dan, they were an Dan, average offense. Yeah. They we're, were an average 86 offense. 86 seconds into the show, the and Greg is, before Greg dropped either a Geno Smith or Teddy Bridgewater reference, 86 seconds is what I had it as. And then you, take a look I at did not bring it up. He's got some he Jacoby Brissett stuff now. It's it's cute. It's like I don't know what it is. There's something about these underdog middling quarterbacks that you connect with Greg on a almost personal level. It's That's fine. True. It's cool. But to to be clear, I didn't bring it up, but it's like uh, John Gonzalez <laughs> with the chains. If I, if you bring it up, you got to give the man a chance to respond. Hey, that's fair. All right. So before we get to the week three hero predictions, before we get to any listener feedback, before we open up the floor to a certain hero, a snarky, handsome brunette in a black shirt. See, if you watch it, listen, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't see Greg looking very zaddy like this morning. So that's another reason why to, to watch live. <laughs> Let's get Fresh to the, the first game of week three, Thursday Night Football. Chubb will be the tailback. Froholt the fullback. They turn. They give it to Chubb. He vaults. He spins. He lands. Look at this stadium and listen to this stadium as the Browns go down the field and open up an eight-point lead. They've been at 22-14. There it is. The call from Jim Donovan of WKRK, the Cleveland Browns. On Sunday, they let victory slip away. This time they get it done. They recover the onside kick at the end, kind of. Uh, They get a... I think it was a backdoor cover score. I mean, whatever yeah, it was, a, a score as pl- a time expired to make it look uh, different than it was. But the final score is 29-17, Browns over Steelers. And that was Nick Chubb, of course, going in for the score. I think he did Donovan call him Chubby? I like that. Uh, 113 yards on 23 carries, nearly five yards a tote, and that touchdown. So the Browns are 2-1. and one. On the season, they are one minute and 55 seconds away against the Jets from being 3-0. But whatever it is, and whatever you think about the Browns and your rooting interest in the Browns, the season has started off very well for this team, Mark Sessler. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree at all. I mean, I, 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 there were concerns going in. I mean, at wide receiver, along the defensive line, and certainly at quarterback. And I think that the version that we've gotten from Jacoby Brissett the past two weeks, um, you take away that interception against the Jets, he's really played for Jacoby Brissett, the best version of his football ever. And I mean, I thought last night, his connection with David Njoku, with Amari Cooper, I mean, they don't really have much else uh, through the air behind those guys, but they they delivered. And, you know, I'm looking at a Steelers defense. I checked this out on, on PFF that I, I think one uh, offshoot from the way that their offense played in the second half, where they had four straight punts and three straight three and outs, they came into the game with guys like Alex Highsmith, Miles Jack, Cam Sutton, Akilo Witherspoon leading the league in snaps at their position. They've been on the field a lot. It was that Bengals game. It was the Patriots game. And last night they were on the field for 36 minutes. And so I think, you know, Mike Tomlin said it. When you're, if you cannot stop Nick Chubb and they cannot, and you cannot stop Kareem Hunt, it's a tough out. And then so if you get the throws that you get from Jacoby Brissett, the offense functions. I mean, it's like, I think with Jacoby Brissett, the journey was always, you're going to get to 
Deshaun Watson coming back. You wanted to go maybe seven and win seven games. Just give yourself a chance. And they're very close to being three and zero. They have a manageable two and one. They've got a tough schedule coming up down the stretch. But this is not. This is a manageable situation for the Browns, and probably as good of a thing as they could have imagined back in August. No, I mean you. You mentioned Zaddies, Dan. I mean, what a what a three weeks this has been for Mark's guy, Kevin Stefanski. The you know the ultimate Zaddy. I assume he has children. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, he has but, multiple children. Okay, he just feels like he's a dad and uh, and a handsome one at that. I mean, I I know um, that's everything's one of the weird about the back and forth between you guys right now. <laughs> I I think it's a reminder of what Stefanski did when he first arrived in Cleveland and. What you see right now, to me, is coaching. Their offense has carried them. Even including last night, I would say their defense on balance has been disappointing and a little below average. Their offense is extremely efficient, despite questions that I had going into the season at offensive line. But you know what has solved it? coaching like they coach up that offensive line so well and they still have talent there it's not like they don't have talent and that's helping them run the ball Nick Chubb is running the ball better than ever but more than anything it's Jake Brisket slice me off a little piece of this version as you said Mark like ap- Kevin Kevin Stefanski would absolutely take this version of Jake Brisket over Ooh, Baker Mayfield slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket right. we're bringing that because he's predictable you know what he's gonna do and we've seen it before we saw him throw 18 touchdowns and six interceptions under Frank Reich, another guy who helped Jacoby Brissett speed up his clock a little bit, get the ball out of his hands, help him take advantage of a nice big arm every now and then with some play action and have a really effective season for that Colts team about five years ago. And we're seeing that now. He's better than Baker. And you can see the difference between how he was this year and how he was a year ago in Miami. I mean, the only difference is coaching. It's not in the players around him. It's not like Jake Brisket is a different human being. Yeah, we didn't Listen, by we, I mean the football cognizante. <laughs> we didn't give Jacoby Brissett a chance uh, entering the season. Everyone just wrote him off as the worst starting quarterback in the league or amongst them. And it simply has not been the case. In fact, he's been, you know, week one was maybe a little mad, but week two and three, he played really well both weeks. So, you know, and Amari Cooper, they have over 200 yards receiving in the last five days together. So that is, there's a connection there. Nick Chubb is, I think I saw you on Twitter, Greg, and a tweet about it, and I agree. This is the best I feel like he's ever looked. He's just an absolute monster, and he should continue to get the ball at least 23 times a game until Deshaun Watson gets back, and even after Deshaun Watson gets back because he's that much of a difference maker. I don't want to hear anything. I saw. I also saw people talking about Mitch Trubisky. Well, Mitch was actually pretty good in this game. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. <laughs> what are we doing? Like the Steelers, let's move forward okay. as an organization. I mean, he was like, okay. Let's move forward. It, we know what this is kind of the best case scenario for Mitch. And you're just you're right now you're you're an org, organization sitting in a cul-de-sac and it's time to get back on the road. And and if you think you drafted a quarterback in the first round, unless there's something else going on that we don't know about, which happens all the time in our league, give him a shot, put him in there and let him start his development process sooner rather than later at this point, because they're a very hard watch offensively. I know they have pieces, as we know, that was an unbelievable catch. Um, one of the best catches that you'll see this season by George Pickens. And that's just a reminder that there is talent on this roster. Uh, you know, you saw Najee Harris running the ball well in this game. So let's see uh, what we can do in that realm. Mark, tell me about your Thursday night, by the way. Had an incredible People don't like night. me asking you about this, but it will re- remain a curiosity for me. When you're at a local watering hole and you're having a couple drinks and the Browns are going up and down the field and winning football games and uh, what's going on? 
Be honest. Please be honest. Uh, with no, us. I, I went to watch the game. I mean, I think first of all, I mean, it's it's just kind of honest to say that we don't really have too many chances where we get to go watch the game and just have no kind of responsibility or report to file after or have to talk about it for 15 minutes. It's like I just went and enjoyed it. I don't think I can't remember the last time that I watched a Browns game um, at a play out on the town. And that's where I went. And that's what I did. And um, I would give the night a out of 100, a, a score of 94 out of 100. Ooh, that's high. I, How about, this is, where, you know what? That's for various can I just say elements. You know? Mark, can yeah. I can I say something? Yes. Because it's not it's never been me doubting your integrity or anything else. But I find that now with the passage of time and I'm not saying the Deshaun Watson situation is any better a look for the Browns and that he's going to enter the picture in a couple months. Al Michaels was the last guy I wanted talking about that last night and he he fumbled it. I trust him to do just about anything except talk about Deshaun Watson. Hey man, I trust Al Michaels for three cocktails in Malibu. I do not trust him to get the Deshaun Watson story right. Um, My point is, is that as as someone that loved the Browns your whole life, I can imagine how conflicting it would be for you to actually not be rooting for the Browns and enjoying the Browns fan experience um, last night when you're at a bar having a couple of drinks and they're winning and beating the Steelers. I was, I was rooting for them because I think I think the way that the team is structured right now, like um, Jacoby Brissett's very enjoyable. I, mean, I kind of like the journey for Jacoby Brissett, and I am a, like I. The Nick Chubb thing, like I, he's just the kind of football that I love watching. And so I kind of just went and said, I don't I, I'm going to go just watch the game. And I, I wasn't sitting there rooting against the Browns on any level. I'm not I'll leave it that. here. I'll leave the yeah. conversation here and then we'll move on. OK, whenever if you get the feeling like you're, you you want to just feel like it's you're rooting for them and it was not. This is just the way it played out. Your heart, the heart wants what the heart wants. You just come back to the show and, and you're honest with it. We will not hold it against you. We'll totally understand it. And I'll leave it there. Well, let's see what the future holds. I mean, I, I, I've never like I'm not stuck in cement on anything in life. I think that's um, become clear. To- total support <laughs> for, from us. And yeah, when they had that drive where they ran it every single play to win the game, except for that beautiful play action shot to Amari, I just thought like, <clears throat> ooh, this is a Mark Sessler drive. And 100%. this is a Cleveland Browns fan drive. And and Chubb's just his feet and his vision. It's another level, man. If I had to pick one running back to get me five yards that's alive on on this earth right now, it's it's Nick Chubb. Bingo. How about that onside kick though? Oh, don't yeah. get, I mean the last like the last like couple minutes of that game were so bizarre and took so long. Oh, it was long. so stupid. You know, they stop the game and then they don't convert the first down and then they go to the line and run out the play clock and then kick up, punt it away. And I'm just thinking to myself, if he's, if they snap this f-ing ball over the Browns punter's head, my sons were watching. He's like, I was trying to explain to my son's football and the mechanics of it. I, once the onside kick play happened and went out of bounds and said, guys, cause they don't get it. They're little kids. The game's over right now. All the Browns have to do is do basic things and run out the clock. And then I said, but kids, there is a chance here that the snap goes awry or the punt's blocked. And if that happens, all these fans that you're watching, they're going to walk into the lake nearby. Because that's <laughs> what would have happened if the Browns somehow blew it. But they didn't. <clears throat> Browns are 2-1. and one. People that don't like the Browns anymore, you could say thank you to my Jets mm. for keeping them from being 3-0. and oh. it's fair. Throw us flowers if you'd like. That's that's up to you. Send me to NFL Network headquarters, Inglewood, California. I don't think um, the Steelers would have scored on that touchdown. But by, by the way, Anthony Walker, their their great uh, linebacker, who's one of their leaders of their team, it's been uh, announced as we're taping that he's going to miss five to seven 
months uh, with a quad injury. So that that's unfortunate, a loss for them. All right, let's uh, move on. Hey, uh, Gravedigger, how you doing, buddy? Hey. Uh, Gravedigger. Hey, I'm great. How are you, Dan? I mean, the way you the, came in there, it was almost like Jessica walked out on you and left you a Dear John letter, her old <laughs> Dear Justin letter. No. That How long happen. was the uh, best man speech that we talked about last week? It came in just over seven minutes, including hugs at the end, which hugs aren't included. Longer. Okay, so just under seven minutes, which go. was longer than I thought because Five I rehearsed seven. it and it was four and a half. That's what happened. So I don't know. See, you I don't know it, there. it went really well. I, I feel proud of myself and happy that there. I had a lot of people come up and say, hey, Thank great you. speech, which would Thank have happened you. probably no matter what the speech was. But if take that, Greg, it would. But that's nice to hear. We both <laughs> said, yeah, I said three to five. He said you said five to seven. I mean, under seven's fine. I'm just yeah. saying that the reason why he wrote four minutes worth of speech and it turned into seven was for applause and laughter breaks and general right. joy and revelry and what's the most special occasion in a lot of people's lives. And uh, Justin, he brought the rain, but the rain in this case was pure joy. You're working the room. You're, you're a sh- you, were, you shifted into showman mode. And I, I think that's fine if it adds another 90, 100 seconds to the operation. Speaking that of work in the room, I, wa- I want some questions here. We saw some fly up. One asked, um, one guy asked, where does Pickens's catch rank all time? And this reminds Greg's me like of- enough of emotional love connections with the people <laughs> yeah. that matter to you most. Let's move Get on. to the football. Uh, the, the Pickens catch was another, um, another feather in my cap of like, there's one play made every week that's better than any play made in the entire decade, 1970s or 1980s. The, the Pickens play <laughs> would true. fit into that. That's it. I don't know yeah. where it ranks all time, but it would beat it would beat a couple solid decades of play. But to, to Dan's point about Trubisky, and like I thought he he was good for Trubisky. Like, go, I want to see the coaches' film. Go, go look how wide open um, Chase Claypool mm. is on that play. Uh, this from Sammy Shamrock is Mike Tomlin's stubborn approach with Mitch going to cost him his first losing season. No, Mike Tomlin will never have a losing season. But Correct. to he, your point, he said yes, after the game he, he was not even considering it, and <laughs> he and, will. He and will. To your if Mr. Um, starts 10 games, they will have a losing record this season. To your point about the coaches' film, I tried out that uh, that other channel. What's it called? The Next Gen channel on um, uh, the Amazon. Amazon. Ooh, yeah, I right. really, I enjoyed it last mm. night. I, I think good. I'm going that with every week. It was fun. I think they show how open Claypool is if you yeah. watch that. Yep, yep. Uh, what else? What else we got? Darren from Dublin. Question for Dan and his monologue about Cade York. That's the rookie kicker of the Browns. He's been atrocious ever since. That's a little strong. What's his status in the kicker club at the moment? Surely the bouncer realized he was using a fake ID. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> listen, he pushed the extra point wide right against the Jets, but he's not the reason they lost. They had way more crucial errors that went on in the last two minutes of that game. So whatever. He missed again off the upright yesterday, and it's like, okay, be careful here, kid. Because kickers can get the yips and you miss two extra points and you're 22 years old. I'm a little nervous about the second miss in five days, put it that way. But he's still obviously hugely talented. Stays in the club for now. May have stayed uh, a little too late in the club. Maybe we'll We'll put him in a crib. (laughs) We'll put him in the corner, get him right. Uh, Boochaboo question. Who is your anti-cornered animal team as the two and O team that you trust the least? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, for me, it's the Giants. I kind of covered that uh, on the show this week. What do you guys think? Well, it, it, when I think anti-cornered animal, I almost think like a team that's uh, a little too pleased with themselves. Uh, no, no team springs to mind. I guess if I had to go with one, it, it's partly because they're playing the Bills this week. It, it's the Miami Dolphins. I still want to see 
uh, what happens when they play a better pass rush. And more importantly, I'm a little worried about their defense. I don't, I don't think they've covered themselves in glory yet. Well, I don't know if I would use the Bills as a measuring stick for anyone, but I, I have to go Giants because of all the 2-0 teams, um, maybe Miami is the one exception. They're like bona fide playoff heavies. And the Giants are that team you get every year. Sometimes there's more that it's nicer 2-0. I have enjoyed the story, but they're not going to be 4-0. Right. I had the Dolphins in the playoffs, by the way. I think the only one out of us. And I think they'll win 10 or 11 games. But in terms of like, this is just going to be a top three offense. It, uh, I guess I'm, I'm with Dan. I, I do want to watch and see that. All right. We'll get back to the listeners in a bit. But now the floor is yours, Greg. Zaddy Rosenthal. Well, this this Friday fun show. Uh, I'm thinking about Chris, Chris Wesseling. And if you're if you're new to our show, uh, and I know you hear us talk about him a lot, but I do hear from a lot of people that think it's cool how we talk about Chris, but they, they're new to the show and they didn't have that history with them. And, and we miss him every show. And one thing I've learned, like the more when I talk about him and when we talk about him on, on the show, it keeps it keeps him here with us and it makes me happy. And to me, that that's fun. And I thought about making like an all-star team, the West All-Stars. Because when I'm watching games on Sundays, I often think of like, oh, oh, what would West think about these teams and these players right now? And I think of some of his favorites that he was so right on. So stop me at any point. Uh, I'll go through the offense first. But some, some Chris Wesley. We're not going to stop you. You know why? The floor is yours, no, bro. I know, but right. it's just like no one wants to hear a, a, a five-minute monologue. So well, I'll think about it as like a best man speech. Like Chris is your best man. Go <laughs> ahead. We'll chime in after. <laughs> Uh, Josh, Josh Allen was the one guy he pushed back on me so much. And, and Mark, you did too. I, th- I think you were kind of a Josh Allen guy from the beginning. But yes, man, he would love to see this version of Josh Allen, who's just like the best player in the league. Mark, reserve that- comment for after. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't want to have that long of a monologue. But man, like everything, it's true. Sometimes you can see it right away. And he he saw the athletic gifts Allen had from the beginning and always figured he could figure it out. He could figure it out. And you know what? He was damn right. And he's a supernova unlike almost anyone we've ever seen. At, is this going to be a 53-man roster? I know I said I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't interrupt. No, why are you no. talking now? It's like five or six guys. Uh, you be cool running, I'm putting two running backs in here. I always thought he had a great eye for running back. Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor were two guys who very early oh, yeah. In their careers, he could just see had that pure burst and could move move away by seeing the the rush in front of him. Nick Chubb's good at this too, but they've got an even more like explosion, and he knew that initially. So we're going with two running backs in the backfield at wide receiver. We got Terry McLaurin, who I remember we watched early, and again, this is. Chris Wesseling's um, ability to see guys early in, in one of those Monday night games in his rookie year. He just thought McLaurin was going to be a next level guy. Uh, Marcus Mariota is just kind of cheering everyone on from the sideline. I think Chris would, would really be enjoying this Marcus Mariota season. He was always fascinated by his his footwork. We, we could throw Rodgers and Herbert in there, but that, that's the offense at least. Those are those are the Wesseling All-Stars. I like him. Yeah, the man the had a one- keen eye. Football, Do you think he'd still no be McLaurin? Would still be the number? There's so much to pick from at that position. I I, I get what you're saying, but like I don't know if he'd stand right. That's why I wanted to be. I'm just going off the dome. I mean, I I thought about it yesterday, of course, and thought like what what came to mind, and those were the ones. And I was hoping you guys would have other ones that came to mind too. I, the ones that receiver that came to mind were guys who are retired, like Steve Smith, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, were two of his all time. 
Uh, All time favorite. I don't know. For, I guess because I, I respected his football acumen so much, Wes, that the ones that he didn't have right stuck with me. Like he was way in on uh, <laughs> what was he was in on Mariota or Winston? I can't remember. Mariota. Mariota. Yeah. yeah, he was. And that, but that's Mariota why I guy. think he would yeah. he would enjoy and have some hope here. And I do too, actually, that this version of Mariota might give us some uh, some entertainment. Also, I think, Greg, Greg, you should have put um, Kristen Michael in the backfield just as uh, an honorary yes. uh, candidate. He did love uh, Amir Abdullah as well. Uh, on mm-hmm. defense, I, I will throw a He also few called more Leonard Fournette Battleship Lenny, which I always enjoyed. He struggled <laughs> well, to yeah. change direction. <laughs> a couple of his favorite defenders of all time. It, I, it struck me watching J.J. Watt last week. Man, J.J. Watt, when he plays, still makes a big freaking difference. Um, no one enjoyed the early J.J. Watt days more than Wes. Honey Badger is one of his all-time favorites who's quietly, I think, settled into that Saints role and has played pretty well through two weeks and has given them what they want in his hometown in New Orleans. And then I, I was noticing a little juice out of Leighton Vander Esch the last couple of weeks after a couple Whoa. really down years. I'm not saying he's going to turn into the guy I think Wes and I hoped when uh, him and Jalen Smith looked like the best linebacker duo in the league, but he looks a little more over those injuries, and he's played good football the last couple of weeks, and he loved himself some Van Der Esch, so I think he'd like you know, the Van Der Esch resurgence. I have to admit, when I think I saw him in week one or whatever, I was like, for a second, I was like, wasn't he out of the league two years ago? But then I got him confused <laughs> with Sean Lee, and that's just being racist. Sean Lee. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're hearing the listeners. Bridget says she she loves hearing the West Easter eggs uh, at the end of the shows and another uh, listening. Uh, okay, uh, let's read that Alistair, comment. Alistair, uh, Alistair Hiller, Hiller Greg says Greg not, not wanting, wanting to, to monologue, monologue for the first time ever. That is this is a first. You are visibly uncomfortable, and I'm enjoying that, Greg. Yeah. This I is mean, like when uh, we did a Zoom for Dan on his birthday during Corona with like 18 oh. different threads of friend groups, and he could not handle it for more than about six minutes. Oh my God, that was one of the nicest thoughts. Yeah. Um, expressions of love that my wife um, shared. And um, but she just miscalibrated what the old <laughs> Zeuser likes and what the old Zeuser doesn't like. I like to keep my silos separated. Well, we were all wondering because, you know, the call ended. But I was like, I would give a thousand dollars just to see what the conversation is in the Hansis household because of the balance of it was a wonderful <laughs> idea that totally sunk like a rock in water. She uh, she she felt bad because she could tell I was like dying. That was that was anyway, like uh, that was, was like always... almost that was the, the ultimate pandemic moment. Now like looking back, <laughs> that, that was kind of it. All right, does that? Do you have anything else, Greggy? That's it. No, thank thanks to you guys. Thanks to the listeners too for uh, always enjoying uh, when we talk about Wes. He he is he's with us. We think about him um, as we're heading to London next week and these sort sorts of weeks. He's, he's always a part of us. Absolutely, well said. Mr. Rosenthal, do we have uh, anything else you want to throw to the uh, from the listeners here, Justin, before we move on to our week three, not MVP, but hero picks? Aaron Jaffe, Canada would like to know which NFL coach will be fired first. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, Anything (laughs) else? You're putting that. I had Matt Rule as my guy last week in Hero of the Week, so I, I don't know. Uh, I hope that's I mean, not it's not it. a spoiler I, alert. I was not wrong. What's the first thing you'll do when you come to London? A good question. I got an update. Um, we have tickets if we want them, and I do want them. I'm going to go to the UK-Germany game fresh off the plane. Um, and um, I was going to mention that to you guys after the show. Nick Pike slacked us that the NFL UK office is hooking us up. Now, it's a little tricky right off the plane, but that's a pretty badass thing to see. It's ambitious. it's ambitious, but it's also like a, you know, it's a but World the tickets Cup qualifier. Are there. That's unique. The tickets that's- are there, though. Like, we have the opportunity to go 
when we're there, we don't have to confirm or or decline right now. Right. Yeah, like they're on the in the fly, email. I, I think they're so they, you know that's such a nice thing. I would like um, to find someone for for all of them, and we have some people uh, that that could certainly take them if you don't want them. But yes, we've got the tickets. They're they're in there. Nice. Uh, John Gonzalez, who you may be aware of, uh, is traveling to London on a separate assignment, uh, working for Sports Illustrated, and he is securing tickets for uh, Mark and I and myself uh, with John uh, to see Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Um, and Gonzo thinks that Crystal Palace is right up my alley. Um, and uh, I'm going to see what that I don't even know what that I is. I think I'm going to join you guys. I think I'm oh, going to try to do a double header because the, the I don't other think game, there's uh, any extra tickets, Greg. I'm a, I'm, a ha- I'm a Hammer fan, West Ham, but they're playing later that day. Could try oh, to that reminds both. me of the one time we went to London and and we were doing some live event and Greg's like, oh, I'm going to wear my West Ham jersey and uh, my kit and then everyone's going to cheer me. And then he <laughs> didn't is... realize it, w- it was like wearing like a, a Boston Red Sox shirt in uh, at Times Square for a promotional event. And you just got hissed. <laughs> and I mean, they're all London the teams. It's just it's not, you know, the, the all the other London teams don't like it. I'm being told that Crystal Palace are very Jets. So that that checks out. Greg's getting destroyed for calling the soccer team UK instead of England in the comments. Ouch. Just wanted to point that out. Ouch, 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 That's ouch. a good point. I'm an, I'm an ignorant Someone was asking Yankee. about the product. Um, I talk about it all the time. It's Redkin Brews Work Hard Molding Paste. All right. Let's move on now to... Uh, That's a new listener because you mentioned that roughly once a week, your hair yes, product. Absolutely. Uh, week three, hero predictions. Mark, start us off. All right, so I just want to let um, newer listeners to the Friday Fun Show uh, know that in week one, I picked Danny Gray, the Niners speedster, who was inactive. Uh, he was last targeted week, in the end I zone week two. I cursed the Titans two, by so picking progress. Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean, the, right, the Titans were treated like, um, you know, lost infants by the Bills, so that didn't go well. This time around, who I hope that finally the curse is over, because I am going to pick a player that I've really enjoyed watching, He's only played two games in his career. It is Drake London of the Falcons. Um, They, to me, I think their offense has just been spicy. It's been interesting. And this is someone everyone wants to know. Why is Kyle Pitts not getting 42 targets a game? They'll figure that out in time. But they already have... What? About six targets a game. Go ahead. That's fine, but I, I, for me, it's like they're playing the Seahawks, who quietly have really stunk up the joint on defense. Like I mentioned yesterday, they're the only team in the league without a three and out. I think they have the 30th passing defense DVOA right now. It's a good spot for the Falcons, who've scored points, to, to get right. And I see a breakout game for Drake London, which means he will catch one pass for eight yards. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I will... Uh... I think I had Russell Wilson last week, and that didn't quite work out either. So we're all kind of struggling. He was okay, so at least. Far. I mean, I think you had the best one of the three of us. Uh, but this is already <laughs> in week three of this program. We have a two-time MVP prediction. And um, I don't know if you saw, but Dan Orlovsky on ESPN took out his laser pointer and showed his audience that the Panthers' offensive attack had a tell when Christian McCaffrey was in the backfield, according to Orlovsky, the defense, if they're paying attention, knew when the Carolina offense would pass or run based on where Christian McCaffrey lined up in the backfield in relation to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Orlovsky, sensing a viral moment, called this coaching malpractice. And mm. Matt Rule was asked about it on Friday. 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I saw I saw I saw Dan's thing. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's I've been around you know I've been around long enough. I've seen enough coaches. You know, I've seen enough coaches get on there and say every time they do this, it's going to be this, and then it's wrong. You know, I mean, um, I disagree with it. Um, if you're saying that they knew whether we were running or passing, I would say, well, how, how come we're how could we ran for 146 yards and 6.3 yards per carry, you know, so. And of course, everyone's having fun with that because those numbers are spiked by a couple chunk gains uh, by McCaffrey. And um, it's Matt Rule's turn this year. Last year it was Matt Nagy who drew the short stick. The year before it was Gase. Next year it'll be somebody else every NFL season. There's one head coach who appears doomed before things even start and then things start and it's obvious and it just becomes a question whether that individual makes it to January. And it doesn't mean that Matt rule is a bad man or even a bad coach. It's just his turn. And uh, this did not work out and made me think of Chuck Pagano, who after his fight with cancer and some real success with the Colts a few years back, refused to let the fact that it was his turn, uh, define who he was and speaking of Chris Wessling uh, Wes and I always vibed on that we just loved how uh, Pagano handled that situation uh, they can't eat you they can fire you but they can't eat you Pagano said after a 51-16 pasting by the Jaguars dropped the Colts below 500 late in 2015 so if the worst thing a year from now let's say I'm in Boise this time next year playing with my granddaughters I'm going to be fine this ain't going to happen but I'm going to be fine if I have to go down that road I think Matt Rule has some Chuck Pagano in him people are going to continue to have their fun with Rule until he's gone but I do not think the monster will consume him and I like that I could tell in these press conferences he's not going to be a punching bag he's going to go down swing have your have your jokes and fun with Matt Rule but he's my MVP because I could tell he's going to have some New York grit how he handles the mm. situation. Well, also, yeah. the one thing about NFL coaches, if it does go down this season, he's still under contract for like another four plus years because he got that <laughs> super long contract from the Panthers. Good. You get paid that money. You can go play with he could go play with Chuck Bagano's grandchildren if he wants. I mean, you would suddenly have I do think that if you were in that situation, this is me personally, everything starts to boil. It starts to go south. And they're like, you know what, Mark? Uh, we've had enough of you, but we're going to pay you for the next five years. I'd be like, I'd be dancing down the down the oh, driveway to exit the workplace. So we'd be like, Mark, you actually, know. we're not firing you yet. We just wanted to talk about some concerns, and and then Mark's just like packing his bag. Mark, your turn. You're or is it? No, it's Greg. It's me. Closing it out. The By the way, one of the listeners, Angel, asked, "Is spicy better than frisky?" Uh, another listener, Mike Mika, said. Uh, you know, frisky is one step ahead of spicy. I think they're different. They refer to different I think, things. Yeah, I don't think they're connected like That's that. That's a great question. Angel does believe frisky is better than spicy. spicy I, I versus to me, spicy frisky. is different. And how does Matt Rule even win this, by the way? Like, so you're predicting they're going to win a game? I I just wanted to talk about Matt Rule, and, and we could try to <laughs> distill that into whatever silo that belongs in. Because to me, I he believe... wasn't that spicy there. He was taking it a little too lined down from no, because I know I like, people are also back. like taking him apart for the uh, how he butter knife the uh, the stats from the previous week, and they're just going to keep coming for him. I just uh, I I'm, I'm rooting for him that he doesn't become miserable over it. I think spicy is better than frisky. By the way, I think spicy is mm, like yeah. look out for this team. Frisky is more like like the Falcons. Like okay, they could give you a hard time, but you should take care of business. Maybe from a football anchor, I, I, I'm seeing the two words in different contexts. <laughs> Greg, close it out. All right, my uh, hero of the week is a man 
by the name of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. That's right. It's the Pharaoh. He's no, coming no, no. strong this week. So okay, we're, he's here's the thing. People like are are so ready to kind of like bury or at least like say he's in this gradual decline. You know what he is? He's returning to his roots. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a transition. He knows what it's like to play with a great defense, and this is a great Bucks defense that can control a game. And he knows how to problem solve during games. And the fantasy numbers might not be that great, and he might be missing two offensive linemen. There's no Donovan Smith here. Cole Beasley might be active uh, because Julio Jones is a game time decision. Mike Evans is suspended. No one's healthy. Uh, But you know who I trust in the fourth quarter against a good defense? I trust Tom Edward Patrick Brady. And he's going to be, he's turning the clock back, Dan. He is maybe declining, but declining to like 2003 when they won a Super Bowl and they found a way to win a lot of close, low scoring games. And that's what he's going to do this week. Mark wasn't listening to anything because he saw someone say that he looked handsome right now. I saw his eyes. I did not. I did not see that. <laughs> you did look handsome. You look great, Mark. You look uh, Tom, I don't, you know, I'm helps. not in the business, uh, Greg, of uh, Tom Brady decline talk anymore. I'm I just with mean you. this is. It is a transition. It's clearly a transitional time for him as a human, and I believe as a player. But now he's gonna he's gonna turn it back to that that uh, game manager that just people can't understand the, why also, they lost in the end. Yeah, there's also a reason why I, I declined to use. My first pick in the draft on Thursday's podcast on um, the uh, Bucks because I don't think they're very fun to watch right now, especially in the with the state of the offense with all the injuries. But it's a fair point. I, I'm not doubting Tom Brady. All right, before we say goodbye, let us uh, check Ooh, in real it's quick. Like Aaron Rodgers and this, uh, you know Tom Brady's not fun enough for me. Ooh. Oh, here it goes. Oh, the please. Greg the Greg Rosenthal injury minute presented by Acrisure, which is maybe. <laughs> A weight loss drink for old people. That's a guess. Go ahead. All right. The Bills are in trouble here. They're not only missing uh, Dane Jackson, which we expected, but Micah Hyde, their safety, is out for this game. So is Jordan Phillips. Jordan Poyer might be out, too. That's good news for Julio. I mean, uh, for Tua and friends. Julio, as I mentioned, game time decision. Lyle Collins does look like he will play for the Bengals, uh, which I think is good, but maybe not the way he's been playing. David Bakhtiari's practiced a couple times Mind your business, Jerry Jones. Yeah, uh, Teron Armstead, <laughs> watch out for. Mispractice all week for the Dolphins. Their great left tackle who's really changed uh, their team and might miss uh, this game. And uh, as I mentioned, Cole Beasley, I think, will play. You got anything, Mark? You want to jump in the injury minute? I think that's about it. I mean, I think that was about a minute, so I don't, I don't, I think we're good. All right. We, I don't have any major things to add. Great. I'm just reading the comments at this point. Uh, we are going to be, any last comments before we go? Someone wants me to send feet pics. I don't think uh, that's going to be saying, happening. Someone's saying don't cover the hair. Dan put on his Yankees hat. I think he was transitioning uh, into uh, you know, I am the rest of the day mode. Aaron <laughs> Judge mode. goes for 61 tonight. Let's go. All rise. Thank you, to everybody, for listening, for watching along. Sunday flagship program. Then we're on to London. Ticketmaster around the NFL. Join us at the live show. Special guests and fun galore next Thursday night. Until Sunday night, heed the call. Enjoy your weekend. Going bad. That's the song. Going bad. God's plan. God's plan. (laughs) Wheezy out.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.